From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr. in this week's Capital Notes conversation, we're going to look back at the top political stories of 2020. One of the biggest stories was the impact of the coronavirus and how elected officials responded. Here in Wisconsin, Democratic Governor Tony Evers and health officials declared a state of emergency at the outset, which resulted in a stay-at-home order for about a month. When it expired, they issued another order, and several lawsuits ensued from Republican lawmakers and political groups. Then came mandates for masks and for capacity limits on bars, restaurants, and other businesses. Groups filed lawsuits over those orders as well. So why did Governor Evers issue stay-at-home and mask orders when some other governors didn't? Well, you know, he just saw this as the path to try to flatten the curve originally um, with COVID-19. I mean, he's not alone in doing these moves. Uh, What's unique about Wisconsin is the way this whole thing played out in the courts. Remember, Governor Evers issued the first stay-at-home order in March. They issued a second one through his health services secretary. That one was challenged um, before the state Supreme Court by Republican lawmakers. The court overturned that requirement. Evers then went to a mask mandate this summer. Uh, That was originally challenged by uh, conservative Wisconsin Super Law and Liberty. He then issued a second mask mandate that brought another challenge uh, asking the Supreme Court to look at that one. There also were uh, limits on public indoor gatherings, again, from his health services secretary. Those are challenged as well. What's unique about Wisconsin is just the way it's played out in the courts and the multiple challenges that have been filed, which also you're seeing kind of this fall and win- early winter as other governors have taken additional steps to limit indoor gatherings or things like that. Um, Governor Evers has been somewhat limited in what he can do because of these uh, court orders. Now, the argument can be made that he could have tried to work with state, the state legislature, get some kind of agreement with the Republican lawmakers on official, additional steps to take. But it's also been clear from a number of Republican lawmakers that they're not interested in a statewide requirement for, on any of these things. These decisions should be made at, made at the local level. Now, same when that's been happening, there have also been lawsuits filed challenging local powers as well. And there's a definitely a serious contingent of the Republican Party that does not want to see mass mandates. It doesn't believe the state should be issuing these kinds of orders. And a lot of Republican lawmakers are cut, caught in between um, what appears to be politically popular steps that Evers has taken and a base that doesn't want to see these things because they think they're infringement upon their rights. Now, some lawsuits have been resolved, but others are still out there. Which ones are we waiting on? Well, we still have uh, at the state level, uh, Supreme Court has not issued a decision yet about the indoor public gatherings. Um, mass mandate still is out there, uh, been challenged in the courts. At the local level, we've also seen the Supreme Court um, it rejected taking up uh, a challenge to an order issued by Dane County Madison officials about schools. There is one with Racine schools out there. So there are multiple fronts of these uh, with these lawsuits. But we're all kind of waiting on the state Supreme Court to see what it's going to do uh, with those cases because that's going to set uh, another marker down of what state officials can do in the battle against COVID-19. 
Another item that made headlines, the state fell way behind on making unemployment payments to the thousands of people who lost their jobs because of the coronavirus. It ultimately led to the firing of Department of Workforce Development Secretary Caleb Frostman. Many people are still waiting to be paid. What happened here and what's next in terms of resolving the problem? Well, there is obviously one, a flood of unemployment uh, claims filed, unlike any the state's seen before. So you had that flood that came in after the governor issued a stay-at-home order. Obviously, a lot of people couldn't go to work because of it. Um, two, there is an outdated computer system, which the governor's uh, administration continually blamed for a lot of these problems. Republicans weren't happy with that answer and said that they should have found other ways to throw more bodies at the, the issue and address it. But still, it's just been a slog for the Department of Workforce Development to try to get ahead of this backlog. Um, the Legislative Audit Bureau uh, in December issued a report looking at the backlog, found that there were like 175 people working as adjudicators who process claims and, and work out issues with claims. That was an increase significantly until uh, about a month or so later. It then reached more than 600 people. Uh, by summer, and it started to come back down now because we've got to get through the initial surge. The governor brought in uh, contracted call centers, more adjudicators, all those kinds of things. But just it was a flood of unemployment claims unlike we've ever seen before. The system wasn't prepared for it. And you could argue, and many Republicans have, that Governor Evers was slow to recognize the severity of the issue and throw enough resources at it early on to head this off. Now, I'm not saying that he could have taken care of everything right away, but there's definitely some complaints from various corners of the state that uh, Evers administration weren't wasn't just weren't quick enough in getting out ahead of this thing when they saw the tidal wave coming of unemployment claims. In the middle of all this, another big story. The Democratic National Convention, which was set to take place in July in Milwaukee, was essentially canceled because of the coronavirus. The huge event would have poured millions into the regional economy had it been held in person, but instead it went all virtual. Democratic nominee Joe Biden, who is now the president-elect, accepted the nod virtually. In the days following the virtual convention, there was talk that Milwaukee should be awarded a do-over and host the event in 2024. Any chance that would happen? Well, it's still a long way off where that decision is made. Um, you know, and, and we'll see. Uh, part of it's going to be what looks like the tipping point state uh, for either side come 2024. I mean, Wisconsin pretty much once again was the tipping point that put the uh, presidency in the Joe Biden column. So it was only a 20,000 plus vote victory for him where it was, you know, 21,000 and change for President Trump. So we are, as always, a swing state. and will be important in that regard again. So it just kind of depends on what the focus is in, in four years. You know, where, where, where is Joe Biden looking if he runs again? Where is he looking to make a statement? I mean, the statement about this convention was that the Democrats were recommitting to the so-called blue wall of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, how important they were to their electoral hopes, and Joe Biden won back all three. But is that the focus in four years? You know, we'll see. That, that remains to be seen. And finally, Republican President Donald Trump lost the November 3rd election with Joe Biden capturing around 21,000 more votes than Trump in Wisconsin. Trump's attorneys filed a slew of lawsuits in Wisconsin and in other swing states, claiming massive election fraud in an attempt to overturn the results. Many courts, including the conservative U.S. Supreme Court, rejected the lawsuits. 
but the litigation keeps coming. Just last week, two Republican state lawmakers sued Democratic Governor Tony Evers, as well as Republican legislative leaders in federal court, as part of a larger suit involving Wisconsin and four other swing states. The plaintiffs want state legislatures to approve certified election results. So what do you think will happen here, and what do you think of this twist, basically the GOP suing the GOP? Uh, you know, in talking to lawyers, they think this is a long shot at best. It's uh, Basically, that lawsuit rehashes a lot of the same things we've seen in other lawsuits. It's a grab bag of arguments trying to overturn the election results. I am not a lawyer. I have never heard before, though, that the legislatures are supposed to somehow certify the results or certify the electors. I'm, I'm not familiar with that argument in the Constitution or in state law in Wisconsin. So I really can't tell if it has any shot, but I've talked to some lawyers who think it's a Hail Mary at best. It's just a reflection of the president continues to argue that this election was quote-unquote stolen from him. There is not any evidence of widespread fraud. There are definitely questions about the decisions made and how this election was run. But as far as like in Wisconsin, people double voting in massive numbers or fraudulent ballots, we haven't seen that, or at least not evidence of that. But, you know, the president continues to put up this fight, and there's a significant portion of the base that is there with him who thinks there's something to miss about this election. So uh, at this point, President Trump knows, has no signs of giving up, and I'm not sure his supporters are going to anytime soon either. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.